Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes knows the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. And you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call. 618-262-2810 and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. Let's go on. And he says, 43, the land also be left to them. They should also uh, uh, enjoy her Sabbath while she lieth desolate uh, without them, and they shall accept the punishment of their iniquity because even because they despise my judgments. And because they're so abhorred my statutes. And yet for all that, when they be in the land of their enemies, I will not cast them away, neither will I abhor them. 
to destroy them utterly and to break my covenant with them, for I am the Lord their God. Now there's that seal again. So he's promising, even though they're going to go through hell, seven times, seven times, times, seven times it does, he said when they repent and receive the fact that they that bless God the iniquities of their fathers and, and receive the punishment of breaking the covenant, he said, he said, I will remember the covenant. I'll not break the covenant. I am the Lord thy God. I seal it forever. Eternally been sealed. But I will for their sake remember the covenant of their ancestors, whom I brought forth out of the land of Egypt in the sight of the heathen, that I might be their God and I am the Lord. These are the statutes and judgments and laws which the Lord made between him and the children of Israel in Mount Zion, Sinai, by the by the, the hand of Moses. Let's go over to Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter. Deuteronomy four. Thirtieth verse. When thou art in tribulation, that word there can mean trouble, and all these things are come upon thee even in the latter days. Is that our time? Yes. If thou turn unto the Lord thy God, and shall be obedient unto his voice. For the Lord thy God is a merciful God, and he will not forsake thee, nor destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers, which he swore unto them. So in the latter days, what's going to save us? The covenant. Do you get a hold of that? When he talks about even in the latter days, even in the days to come of the future, he said it is going to be so, it's going, because it's written, okay? He'll not, forget the, he'll not forget that covenant. Let's turn to the seventh chapter of Deuteronomy. The seventh chapter of Deuteronomy, starting in the sixth verse. It says, For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God has chosen thee to be a special people unto him above all people that are upon the face of the earth. I don't think that any of us understand that. I think that most of us feel like that we're just one of the bunch. No, you're not one of the bunch. You are, bless God, a chosen. You are chosen, all right? For the Lord, the Lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because ye were more in number than any people, for ye were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the, the, the hand of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And, and I think it's important uh, to realize, uh, well, the ninth verse says, uh, uh, Know therefore, therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God which keepeth covenant and mercy, there's that word mercy, with them that love him, and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. How long is a generation? They say about 40 years, don't they? 40,000 years. Do you think this covenant is over? And isn't it sad that somebody tried to tell us that it was? Now let me read it again because you, you and, and underline this and go back and study it. He says, Which keepeth the covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. He said, I will keep my promise. I will uphold what I promised that I would do even to a thousand generations, 40,000 years. He said, I'll do it. And yet somehow, as I said, we got connected or disconnected because it all sounds foolish. But now, folks, let me tell you something. We have had, and I'm not much of a dancer, but if you can look up here, we've had too much of watching the footwork instead of listening to what God had to say. We've had too many good singers We've had too many uh, Hollywood preachers. We've had too many uh, bless God bands. We've had too many bless God uh, uh, comedians going around and everybody laughing and falling in the middle of the floor and calling it the anointing. We've had all that junk that we need. Stop it! Let's get to the living God. We don't need, and I'm not telling you you don't need praise and worship. But uh, but what I'm trying to say is, often people say, well, you you don't have it. I'm going to tell you something. I'm better off not to have it than have a bunch of knuckleheads up here trying to show off. I can't tell you, Donna Donna could tell you, uh, bless God, how many times. Be up here and bless God, they'd see me come through that door. I'd come through that door and I'd walk all the way around over here and I'd stand right there. 
And they'd be playing. I'd walk right up there in the middle of the song. I said, shut it down. Everybody go sit down. I said, we're going to try this next week and see if you can get it right. And if you can't, you can sit down next week. What was it about? But they weren't doing it as unto the Lord God. They were doing it as unto the Lord their flesh. We don't have time for that. There's no reason for that. You can sing pretty, okay, or pretty. Around here it's pretty. You can sing just as pretty as you want to sing. That doesn't impress God. What impresses God is what is coming out of here. So you can say all the right things, but that's not with, but it's what's coming out of here. That's what that's what God wants. That's what God is looking at. I've been, folks. I've been in church services where all that they sang for an hour and a half, and bless God, the preacher came and and, and read two or three scriptures, and they took up the offering, and they went home, and that was it. I said. When are we going to have church? Oh, we, brother, we already have. You know, we we lean heavily upon our worship and praise service. I said, well, whoop de do. Nothing can happen without the word. You understand what I'm saying? The signs follow the word. The signs don't follow the music. Follows the word. The, the 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 music can help bring the anointing up, where people like me can come up and and not have to uh, bring that anointing to that place, but just walk up in it and then go, take it further where God wants it to be. But when it's done the other way, then I've got to come come to places. Bless God, there's times I've got to labor for 15, 20 minutes trying to bring the anointing to the place where I can I can get something done. I can't tell you how many pastors I've said, he said, boy, isn't that some kind of a band we got? And I said, you want me to lie to you? The truth. Oh, well, I want the truth, brother. Then tell him the truth, and he's about ready to throw me out. I said, that, that, I said, they're not doing anything. All they're doing is something for the flesh. That's the end of it. I know you've heard me talk about the way I've, I've broken this thing about people being slain in the Spirit. You know, you get in some churches and, and some of these national ministries, you know, if you don't fall down, then you just don't got it. you got to fall down or you, don't, you didn't get it. Well, in this church, and I forget now how many people, quite a few people, I just lined them all up and there they are lined up and the Lord told me, said, have the, tell the ushers, go sit down. The ushers went and sat down. And I went down that line. He said, just go down the line. Because they was evidently used to that. So I just went down the line. I just went down the line. And bless God, you could hear their heads hitting on that concrete floor like pumpkins. Boom, 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 boom. The next night we had the heel line. Guess what? Nobody fell on the floor. I said, oh, I don't know what happened. <laughs> what did happen? I'll tell you what happened. The same thing you know what happened. Bless God, they decided that they didn't want to hurt their heads anymore, did they? See, we, it, it, can, it, can be, it can be a show. You know, it's, it's like I said about the old rugged cross. The first time I heard the old rugged cross, I sat and cried like a baby. After I'd been in that church for six months, and we had it every Sunday morning for six months, I'm sitting there wondering what I'm going to have for dinner at, at, at noon. Why? Because, folks, it, that, that's the reason structured prayer is so important. That's the reason you've got to understand you can get in a rut with this thing and even think you're right with it. It does, but you can't you can't just wear something out because bless God that you well it worked last it worked last me. Listen, the anointing that working right here today is not going to work this evening or this afternoon. The anointing that worked last night didn't work here today. Why? Because it's entirely a different feeding station. And that's the reason I that's the reason I keep saying to people now you're gonna you're gonna get information off of the CDs and it's important that you study those CDs. And I mean sit down and study them with notebook and pen. But the thing of it is, you're not going to get the you're not going to get the force of that the anointing without being here upon this date because this never will be recreated again like this. It never will be. That's the reason that that I I, I love so much the anointing that God has uh, put into my ministry because it feeds the people and and as I uh, travel I may do the same message but the, bless God the outcome of it and and what goes on within it is altogether different because the anointing is different. And I know some of you that have traveled around and been and heard some of them. You've you've come up and and said, you know, that's really the truth. It it really does. It really does, in fact, work that way. Um, now I think we were going to Deuteronomy. Uh, yep, I got that in. Didn't I? Let's go to the. Uh, let's go to 28. Deuteronomy 28. This is uh, now. I've been through some of this before with you, but it's important that we go through this today. Uh, just hold on. It's a bit lengthy, but it's going to be worth the trip, because in essence. In absolute essence here, this is what God is really beginning and has said. And this is what I have used to try to get people's eyes open to this thing to understand, all right? 
and it's going to read uh, or uh, you're going to comprehend a bit differently now even to what we've been through to this point. 28.1 of Deuteronomy. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all of his commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. Now, we've heard that before. And all these blessings, and you don't need to underline the word, all these blessings shall come upon thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Now, those, now that is an absolute. That isn't, it might happen, it will happen. Why? Because it's part of what? The commandment. If you'll do this, I'll do that. If you'll keep this, this is what I'm going to do. And that's what he's laying out here uh, before the people. Bless, blessed thou shalt be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall the fruit of thy body, the fruit of thy ground, the fruit of thy can, cattle, and the increase of thy kin, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and, and thy store. Blessed shall thou be when thou comest in. Blessed shall thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and fled before thee seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing, uh, command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that, that thou settest thine hand unto. Now, I want you to understand that part of it. And all that thou settest thine hand unto. I want you to, I want you to understand that. I want you to know what that means. No matter what you do, God's going to bless. See, we, the flesh part of us again. Now I've got to find something exactly, something here that that that, that God's going to bless. Now wait a minute. God didn't say for you to go out here and search for something that was going to bless you. Now let's let's be sure we understand this because th this is what He said. He said, He said, uh, He said, and all not part of, but all that thou settest thy hand into, and He shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. So he says, you do it, I bless it. You put your hand to it, I'll bless it. What's it about? If you will observe and do all, not part of. See, again, the, 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 the problem we get to have with God is we volunteer to do it all. Yay, Lord, remember the covenant. It's me, and I volunteer right here, right now, on the spot. <laughs> yeah, it's me, old Deckard. Now let's get after these blessings. That's what we do. And what we don't understand is it's going to take a little while between the volunteering and the getting the blessings to come. It's going to take just a little bit of work to get that to take place. Why? Because God's going to look here to see what the motive is that you want to be successful for anyway. What's that all about? See, I ask preachers all the time, what do you want to be a preacher? What's the motive behind you wanting to be a preacher? Well, I, uh, 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 uh. I said, well, the motive better be, bless God, that you want to build his kingdom in this day and this hour, not anything else. I've always said being a preacher is the most thankless job that there's ever been on the face of this earth. pastor wouldn't agree with that at all. But that's the reason I'm a prophet, and they're pastors, all right? We have a little bit of disagreement anyway. He says in the ninth verse, he says, The Lord shall establish thee a holy people unto himself. And we're going to become a holy people. As he has sworn to thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways, you'll become a holy people. And all people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of thee. Now, that tenth verse is exciting because that is where we're standing at the very threshold now. See, right now, everything looks like pure hell is about to break loose on the face of this earth. And guess what? It is. But folks, there is a remnant of God, hello remnant, that bless God that is coming forth out of this thing. As I keep saying, going to hair lip the Pope and anybody else that wants to be hair lipped. That's going to, in spite of the church, is going to come into this thing. You can't take out of here what God placed in here. This hasn't been placed in here by flesh and blood. This has been placed into your heart by, by the spirit of the Rahakadish himself for your hour and your time to come, and it's come. 
So when that time comes, see, when all hell is being, being broke, he says, he says, he said, and, and, and they shall be afraid of thee. They'll be afraid of thee. People have begun to understand about being afraid and having a fear of a prophet. They're going to have to know the same thing about you. See, the Bible is specific about saying, <clears throat> touch not mine anointed. Do my prophets no harm. Let me, let me tell you something about the anointed of God. The anointed of God are covenant children of God. They are blessed. The Bible says, above all peoples on the face of this earth. He said, I will make you a holy people amongst the people of this earth. Do we have to look holy? Dress holy? No, no. They're going to know we are. Why? Well, let's see. You have a garden over here, and you've got a neighbor, got a garden, 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 garden. Your garden produces all these wonderful crops. The beetles eat their garden up. The drought that comes, bless God, dries it up and it all dies. Folks, that makes you different. Please understand the word different. But different is who we are. We are not like them. Our God is not their God. Our God is the God said, let there be light, and there came light to this earth. Our God opened the ocean, not their God. Our God raised the dead, not their God. And you and I are going to have to come into that position of understanding He is our God. And we are His people. Because He covenanted with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and He brought the covenant forth even unto this generation and this time. And I am going to grab a hold of that, of that covenant, and I'm not turning loose of it, come hell or high water. And neither are you. Because we know that the other doesn't work. Why hang on to that? They're going to rampage. They're going to rape the women. They're going to kill the children. But they're going to fear us. I believe I, I you know, you know why? You remember me telling the story? And you sure his name? Huh? In the name of Yeshua? And they dropped dead. Woo! Them people's different living in that house. I don't even walk by, I don't even walk down their street. <laughs> That's our God. Has it ever been heard of before? Yes, it's been heard of before. This book is full of it being done before. But it also was full of when it wasn't done. You see, that's what this whole book is about. It is about telling us if you do this stuff, you can be chosen, set aside as a holy people under the Lord thy God forevermore. Or you can walk in the curses, and you can be sick, you can be down and out, you can be broke, you can die of diseases. And the Lord God said, you choose. But it always said it gives us a hint, doesn't he? Choose life that both you and your seed may live. Choose the life side of it. And it's, uh, you know, before you can choose the life side of it, you know what you've got to do? You've got to confess the life side of it. You understand what I'm saying? You've got, you, you, you've got to do that. Now, now, now he goes on to say, 11th verse, And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods, and in the, in the fruit of thy body, the fruit of the cattle, the fruit of the ground, the, the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give thee. The Lord shall open unto thee good treasures, and that word good means means benefits, the heaven to give give rain unto the land in, in his season, and to bless all the work of thy hands, and, and thou shalt lend to many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. You know, I look back through the years of training that God has given to me, and I look back at the time when the neighbor's gardens were eaten up by pestilence, and they would come and ask me, well, what, what, why did your garden. I said, oh, I blessed every plant. I said, every plant that went into the ground, I said, God bless this plant. 
bring it forth unto thy glory. I said, did you pray over your plants? Well, I didn't pray over my garden. I said, you might try that next time. Well, it worked for you, didn't it? Yes, it worked for me. One year planted the garden, and bless God, had about an acre of garden. Bless God, came home from work one night and out in the garden. I wasn't preaching now. I was out in the garden, and beetles had come and began to eat everything in the garden. I walked up and down them rows of that garden. I said, God, what's going on? I planted this like I did last year. I asked you to bless every plant. Let it be bountiful and produce. I said, what's going on? And all of a sudden, the angel said, curse them! All these bucks, curse every one of them. I began to walk the, walk that garden. I said, I curse. I'm sorry. I did that in the morning. I said, when I come home to work, it's before I went to work. I cursed them up and down every row. I said, I curse you, you foul bugs. You die in the name of Yeshua. I said, you die. You're eating, you're eating God's child's food. And you die! Got done. Went over and got my lunch bucket. Got in the car and drove to work. Came home. Walked out into that garden to see just what had happened. And it would have taken a number 14 scoop shovel to shovel those bugs between the rows, out of that garden, they were all dead. Wasn't one of them alive. All of a sudden, a neighbor stopped over. He came up through there, and I was getting them all out of the garden. He said, uh, what do we have here, a cold spell? I said, well, well, not exactly a cold spell, but I said, we had a spell. <laughs> I said, I come out here and threw about a 15-minute fit cursing these things. This morning, I said, they're all dead. He said, say, would you care to come next door? <laughs> I said, no, I'm not coming next door. I said, my God could be your God. But see, what I see that God has done with me through all these years, He has prepared, prepared me for this moment to leave you. I know what that is. I've been there. I participated in it. I've watched God bring it about. And I could go on stories after stories after stories about this thing. Why is it? Is it well, is it because God loves you more than me? No, 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 no. God had to train somebody. God had to bring somebody to a point to move hurricanes, cause droughts to come and droughts to leave, to cause the fires to come, the, the lightning to do what it does, the storms to do the things that they do. And He chose me. But the choosing of me was to teach you. It wasn't for me. It wasn't for my glory. It was unto the covenant children of God to come forth in this last day to work the works of God that will astound this world. What if, what, what, what if, no, when if, not what if. When the time comes when you have those kind of stories. Listen to me, every one of you in this room, you will have those kind of stories. This, this, amen. Give, give him a hand. Amen. This is not something that's been held back for one man to become somebody's idol. We've had all the idols we can stand for preachers. This is a move of God to the people. My place is to teach you what I know. And I will teach you what I know. I will bring you the depths of the very glory of God's Word, but everyone in this room will work the works of God. Oh, many more than just in this room. But let, 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 let me give you the thrill of the moment here with me. for me. We're kind of the first fruits of all this thing. Amen? Some of you that are sitting here, bless God, of knowing there's ministry in your life, you just wait. You say, "Well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a woman. That makes no difference." You see, there's not spirit. There's not male and female in the in the spirit realm. God doesn't see it that way. Neither should we. Unfortunately, we have. Some of you in this room is going to 
is going to lead people on. When you learn what I'm going to teach you, then you can teach it. You see, that's what that's what I'm after, folks. I, I you know, hey, I'm not getting any younger. I'm not getting much older either. All right. Donna said, "Amen." But the fact of it is, I can't be everywhere at once. That's the reason right now you're having to drive so many miles. And again, it it humbles Don and I to think that that uh, that you would come to little Fairfield, Illinois, spend a weekend with us. But we're going to teach you this. Then you, in turn, you're going to have fellowships and you're going to teach. And this thing's going to grow. It's going to take root. And that voice is going to be heard stronger and stronger and stronger across this land. Ephraim, come home. The hearts are out there. I, I, I told some, some of the folks that are here from Lansing last night, I said, I said Lansing has, has that, it, that's wide open. Milwaukee's wide open. These places are wide open. We All we have to do is keep seeking God for God to give us the direction. You know what the direction right now is? Get you grounded and rooted in this thing so you can be a help to me. That's what this is about. This isn't about me being whatever that is over all this. You, you need to know this prophet better than this. I need you like I need another hole in my head. I don't need the aggravation. I don't need all the, the everything that goes with it of putting up with it. But this is the lot that fell to me. And my place is to teach you so you can teach them. But being the first fruits of this thing, you're going to have an opportunity, folks, beyond belief of anything that we've seen in the church world since the book of Acts. There will be, there will be somebody said, well, uh, the book of Acts is over. No, no, there's no amen since at the end of, that, of the book of Acts. We will write the ending. Listen to me, some of your stories will be in the ending of this thing. He said, well, how could that be? Because we are the ones upon whom the ends are written. It wasn't them. It's us. It's you and I. And I'm excited because I see from what happened with 27 people, what's happened now, you know, we're starting to fill this room up. Next time, probably be full. We let it go that far. Like I said, I'm kind of one of these guys that likes to see things stay pretty small, yet I'm a guy that's broke the uh, crowds unbelievable in size. Now, he goes on here as he begins to get into this thing, and, 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 and I like this thing, as I said about the good treasure, and then 13 says, and the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. In other words, no more of this stuff, oh, sorry me, and oh, pity me, and oh, golly gee, this isn't working, and oh, golly gee, that isn't working. And thou shall be above only, and thou shall not be beneath. Said, you're not going to be in the, underneath, you're going to be on top. Uh, if thou shalt hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them. See, again, he goes back and say, now you can do this. You can be the head, not the tail. You can be the top and not the bottom. If, in fact, you observe and hearken, which the word hearken means listen unto the, the commandments and do all the commandments of the Lord thy God. That's a, and, and, and you see, that's the only prerequisite to it. It isn't like, well, you've got to do 22 push-ups, you've got to fast 18 days in a row, and bless God, when you get done, be sure to eat no watermelon all summer. There's nothing to it like that. It's very simple what God is saying to us. He's just saying, look, boys and girls, I made this as simple as I can make it. If you will do these things, all this is going to come. And, of course, you've all heard me say, it only took him, actually, after he got through the first two, 12 verses there, to talk about being blessed, all right? Now, it takes from 15 over to 68 here to tell us what's going to happen to us if, in fact, we decide we don't want to do that. Now, I think again, and in fact, I know again, that God's trying to make some big time, if you will, some big time hints to us. Let's do it right the first time. 15 says, But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and do all his commandments, these statutes, which I commanded this day, that all these curses, and you need to underline or circle the word curses, because that's what these are. And see, some people just cannot get a hold of it. How many people I heard say, well, you keep saying that God is bringing judgment. Well, God's not going to bring judgment. Baloney, he's not. Judgment is here, and it is brought by the hand of God. And it's brought because we broke the covenant. And now we're understanding something. You can be blessed or you can be cursed. And these curses are just as real <laughs> as the blessings. That's not good, is it? It says 16, Cursed shall I be in the city, cursed shall they be in the field. Now before you're going to be blessed in all this. He's just reversing it all, isn't he? 
So he goes down through this, and bless God, uh, and when he gets down to uh, uh, the 19th verse, he says, Cursed shall thou be when thou comest in, and cursed shall thou be when thou goest out. Boy, before we was going to be blessed in our coming in and our going out. Now we're going to be cursed. In other words, everything we do is going to be cursed. Please get a hold of that. Now, we need to stop right here, and I need to make a point because some of you are thinking, well, now that's wonderful, but I happen to know old Lucille, whatever her name is, Smith, that down there at the First Church of the Righteous, the blessed God, that she don't keep the covenant. The old gal's got a million dollars in the bank, and everything's going out real well for her, and it don't seem like anything can be going wrong for her. Why? Fair question. We are coming away from a time that we call the dispensation of grace. Time of mercy is still upon us. And during that time, which was just merely 2,000 years to get this whole thing right, which we didn't, God said that I will reign upon the, the righteous, the just, and the unjust, the righteous and the unrighteous alike. That's the reason that the Mrs. Smiths or the Miss Smiths or whoever they, they may be in this world are looking to do fine. But you mark the words of this prophet, it will be even taken from them that which they have. They, they will be screaming in the streets for help. Some of them will even find their way to your doorsteps. Because you see, in America, somehow we believe it's dollars and cents that creates all of our whatever this is. Blessings. No, no, no. It's the Lord our God that creates the blessings. Got nothing to do with your dollars and your cents. It will perish. My, I, my grandfather one time, I, I was about eight, ten years old, and, and we come from a small town of, a, of about a, a thousand people, and we're standing there, and a funeral procession was going by, and we're standing in his yard, and he's standing there, and he's about six foot two, big, long, lanky fellow. Didn't take much after him, actually, except he was bald-headed. And so he was standing in his arm, and he looked over at me and said, Boy, I said, Yes, Grandfather. He said, Notice there's no U-Haul. Uh, trailer behind that hearse there. I said, well, Grandfather, I, 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 I didn't think they ever had a U-Haul trailer behind a, uh, a hearse. He said, well, I want to make sure you understand that, son, because he said, listen closely to your old grandfather. He said, you're not going to see them put their money in the back of that U-Haul truck or, or, or trailer, take it to the graveside and bury it with them. He said, your money will perish. Use your money for the kingdom's sake. Eight years old. And I'm being instructed at eight years old. Look and see. Look and remember. Look and learn. So you don't worry about the Mrs. Smiths and the fact that they're not coveted with God and they seem to be doing all right anyway. They're doing all right anyway is over. They just haven't, they haven't seen the end of it or come to that end, but they will. And hard as long is going to be the fall thereof, of the generation that lies within that. Uh, uh, let's go on. And he says, uh, in the next one, uh, the Lord shall send, the curse, uh, uh, send upon thee cursings, vexex, vexation, which is just simply confusion, and rebuke in all that thou settest thy hand unto, for to do until thou be destroyed, until thou perish quickly because of the wickedness of thy doing, whereby thou hast forsaken me. Now, why is he saying the wickedness of your doing and, and the forsakening? Because you left the covenant. See, he's, he's saying you, you've now walked into wickedness because now you're not doing and keeping the covenant. So, and, and again, as I told you, as we study this, you've now become an enemy of God. And see, uh, that uh, you're, uh, the Christian's mind can't fathom that because we've heard this, Jesus loves you, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Now, they'll be wanting me to make a CD shortly after this service. <laughs> That's probably as close as I could keep anything in tune. In the shower, it sounds a bit different than that. Baruch Hashem. Um, when the dog outside goes to howl, and I know I'm pretty well in tune. Actually, Donna thinks that's when I'm pretty well out of tune, but I, I, it's all in the eyes and ears of the beholder, okay? But, but you understand that, that with God... And the way that God brings this stuff, he's, he's saying that, look, boys and girls, I love you as long as you keep the covenant. When you don't keep the covenant, then you hate me because what you're really doing is out here saying, 
We don't need God. God, we don't need you anymore. We don't need this covenant. We don't need to keep Sabbath. Now, if we can do it, we got a Sunday Sabbath. We're Christians. We're not like that bunch of bunch of uh, 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 Jews over there. We're, we're you know we got our own thing. We're doing this. Is this starting to make any sense to any of you out here? Why the church is in the mess that the church is in? We forsook a living God. He said, "I am the Lord thy God." And I seal it for eternity. And yet we decide that we're going to change what God set for eternity. <sighs> but you know something? Nobody was ready to listen till now. Hey, folks, I tried this 20 years ago. You know how well it went over? Not very well. In fact, it went over so poorly that, uh, bless God, <laughs> it was only me that was there most of the time. I'd hold meetings and nobody'd show up. Come and, come and hear about the transitioning of the church. Come and listen to the lost ten tribes of Israel and how they shall once again come forth. Oh, I said, no, by two or three people. Preach to them two or three people and go home. Go, woo, that was a big meeting. Nobody wanted to hear. What's happened differently? I told you. The button got pushed. Same message. But you're coming. It's time. For no, for, for no other person in this room, besides, I should say persons, than Don and I, we know that it's time. Some of you I met by who knows how. This one young fellow, uh, Kevin here, I met him sitting outside of a, uh, of a, of an airport in Portland, Oregon. He was setting to take a shuttle to a hotel and I was waiting there to get the shuttle. I think at that point you come down from from Montana, come to down to hear me uh, uh, do a thing that I I was doing there, and we began to talk. He heard, not because he, I said, "Oh, Kevin, this is Ephraim." And come, no, no, he had already heard. See, and that's the reason I keep saying, don't don't be uh, don't be concerned about the people that are coming against you, the people that bless God that are saying, "Oh, you know, that's not God," and this is you're taking you being going into legalism and all this. Don't pay attention to them. The, when you find Ephraim, they're going to go, yeah, tell me more. Tell, tell, tell me more about this, about this thing. I've had a feeling all along. Isn't that the way all of us did? Absolutely. Tell me more. I want to know more. And here old Derek it is, 20, 20, 20 some years ago, I'm saying, now I'm going to tell you the more. Sit down here and shut up and listen. And nobody even show up to shut up and sit down and listen. Was I a little bit ahead of God? Yeah, but I, you know what I, I always said? God wanted me to practice up good for all of you. In fact, I practiced up so good, folks, that I didn't think there was ever going to be anybody to ever listen to it. You know, I kept saying, oh, boy, that did a lot of good, God. Nobody's going to listen to that one. Boy, you picked a good one here, or I missed you all together. And if I missed you there, I must have missed you about salvation itself. So, and finally the angel said, shut up. I said, yeah. He said, your time hasn't come. See, everything has to be done in God's time. Why couldn't this not have happened back at the turn of, uh, of what we call the, the Pentecostal renewal? Why couldn't it come then at that great time and place? And we, it could have, but it wasn't God's time. It was, it was, it was another dispensation of, 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 of transition. And yet now we come to it, and here we are, and you and I are jumping straight up and down, and everybody else is looking at us like, oh, oh, oh boy. Oh, boy, look what mom and dad's got off into now. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm being talked about in school every day, Dad. Said, what do you got to put on that cape when you go in the backyard, and what do you got to blow that stupid horn on Friday night at sundown? Everybody in the neighborhood knows, oh, it's old crazy my dad out there blowing the horn again. I get the grandkids over to the house, and well, I got all kinds of sizes and shapes of those shofars and we just all get out on the back porch, and I said, let her rip. And I'm going to tell you what, the, including me, I can't blow one of them right either. And we just blow and toot and carry on. And I'm telling you, that it, when it's real quiet out there where we live, that thing just resounds across that countryside. And bless God, we, we've, had, we've had people from as far as a, a mile and a half be asking questions about what happens on Friday evenings at about sundown. <laughs> 
over there on that road where, where, where they live over there. Oh, that's just old crazy Decker and his bunch back there. Said, I don't know. They're, they're trying to, I guess, get in one of them drum and bugle cores or something because, man, they're out there practicing every Friday night. But we're practicing all right. Why is it that God causes such a stir? You ever think of that? Why, why, what is there about all of it that, that causes people to talk, people to get upset, and people to, well, you're wrong. I'll show you you're wrong. What is there about that? Because the devil is always going to come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And he doesn't care who you are, what you've been through. His job is that. The Lord's job is to give us life, to give it to us more abundantly. And bless God, that's what he's done. Well, let me get finished up here before lunch. So now, now he says in the 21st verse, he says, the Lord shall make the pestilence, okay, that's, that's uh, here it says that, that represents sickness, pestilence cleave unto thee until he hath consumed thee, or destroyed thee, it means, from off the land, whether thou goest to possess it. Now, that is not only what was taking place there at that time, but you see that is also uh, something that, bless God, that is also... Uh, now, in today's time. In other words, a lot of what took place in the Bible then is, is, is brought forward even into now. And you see this pestilence, the, the, these sicknesses that are coming now. You know, they're talking about all, you know, all this stuff coming, all this stuff with, with the tuberculosis and, 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 and the coming back with polio and, and, and bless God. And of course, now we're talking about this H5N1 thing and, and other, other things that are coming. And, and they're saying, you know, it's going to destroy millions. Well, that's what he's talking about here. The Lord shall smite thee with, with a consumption, which is just simply, that is tuberculosis, and with a fever, and with an inflammation, and with extreme burning, and with a sword, and with blasting, and with mildew, and they shall pursue thee until thou perish. So in other words, he says, if you're going to do this, this is what's going to happen. Now, the reason I want you to get a hold of this is to understand that, bless God, that is what has been going on but now God's turned up the heat, and this is what's going to take us all under. In the end, it's over the covenant. It's not, see, uh, people say, well, and I have said, to get people's attention, it's the sin. Yes, it's the sin, but folks, this big sin is that we left the covenant. If we'd have kept the covenant, and, and, and what's going to bring the church to its knees is this, but what's going to resurrect what we're going to end up calling the last day church, us, is going to be the very same thing that, bless God, took them down. It's the covenant. In other words, we're just going to reverse this thing, and we're going to go back, and we're going to get this done. Now, is it any odd thing to us that this would all start coming this direction just before all this other stuff starts coming down? It had to come now, okay? It had to come. And and it will get better. The thing toward God and the covenant is going to get stronger after uh, this, uh, this round of uh, H5M1 does come. Because let me tell you what, as I said, it's going to get people's attention then. And after I told them, after you bury your dead, then come and see me, because there's going to be another one come after it on the heels of it. Now, they're going to, they're going to get a little smarter. It's going to take putting a bunch of them in the dirt, but they're going to start, well, now, wait a minute. The guy with the bean and the cape, maybe we ought to go listen one more time to see what the idiot had to say. They're going to find out that maybe the guy isn't quite as big an idiot as they thought I was. The fact of it is, me and mine are still going to be alive. You and yours are still going to be alive. Why? Because of the covenant. You're going to walk through this thing. There, you, the, see, the 91st Psalm is ours because we keep the covenant. And when we begin to stand with that and we begin to proclaim that, people begin to look at us. And, and like I said, you want to talk about causing people to want to get fighting out in the parking lot mad. You start saying the 91st Psalm doesn't belong to the church. They get fighting out in the parking lot mad. How dare you blaspheme that like that? I said, well, show me where it works. I said, better yet, when this, this plague comes, I said, then you, you tell me how it worked for you and your family, okay? Now it goes on to say, 23, and thy heaven that is over thy head shall be brass, and the earth that is under, thy, uh, under thee uh, shall be iron, and the Lord shall make the rain of the, thy land powder and dust from heaven shall uh, it come down upon thee until thou be destroyed. In other words, there's going to be drought. What's going out in the, out in the west and the southwest? Drought. What's going on even through this land here? We're something like three inches or so 
behind on rain down the southeast are a whole lot worse off than that. What's happening? The thing that I prophesied back in 89, there, this, there are places in America that seem to be desert-like will begin to flourish. Do you realize just a few years ago, people were flooding their ways out into Arizona to see the flowers uh, budding and, and coming forth in the, the desert out there? Finally, some scientist said, so whatever, 200 years or something, this happens. No, it's not a mistake. That was a sign. That was an absolute sign that the dry places will be wet and flourish. The wet places will become dry. And that's exactly what I prophesied, and that's exactly what's even happening now as I stand here this day before you. He says, The Lord shall, shall cause thee to be smitten before thine enemies. Thou shalt go out one way against them and, and, and flee seven ways before them. Of course, this is just going back and repeating as a curse as what on the other side was a blessing. And he talks about in the 26th verse, that thy carcass shall be meat unto all the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field, and no man shall fray, uh, fray with them or, or chase them. The Lord will smite thee with the botch of Egypt and with the hemorrhoids, which is uh, hemorrhoids, others boils, and, uh, and, and with a scab and with itch, whereof thou canst, cannot be healed. And, and, and bless God, uh, there's a lot of that today that can't be healed, and they don't even understand why it can't be healed. And thou shalt smite thee with madness and with blindness, astonishment of heart, which is heart attacks. And thou shalt grope at noonday, and the blind grope, grope of the dark, and thou shalt not prosper in thy ways. And thou shalt be only oppressed and spoiled uh, and spoiled uh, evermore, and no man shall save thee. See, nobody's going to be able to save. Nobody's going to be able to save people with what's coming down now. Thou shalt betroth a wife, and another man shall lie with her. Boy, is that, is that the truth today? Absolutely it is. Thou shalt build a house, and thou shalt not dwell in, therein. Thou shalt plant a vineyard and take that, put it with this, and let it explode, because it already did, okay? Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois, Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. So, again, you can also get more. All the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you. To get all that, you can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com, and we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, all things are possible. Shemu Nikrah. <laughs>